You're listening to the OKC82 Podcast with Brady Trantham and Madison Morris. The best place for OKC Thunder basketball. A part of 1077 The Franchise Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the OKC82 Podcast. This is the nice edition, Madison Morris, because what number episode is this? Can you tell me? This is 69. Oh, wow. Oh, nice. (laughs) It's going to get real, real hot and heavy in this one because, <laughs> um, Madison, that was that was one of the more spectacular choke jobs I've seen this team um, have going back the last season and a half or so. Right. Um, and right before we went on, uh, you and I, like, I, I was looking at their schedule thus this year. And, yeah, I'm convinced that is the worst loss <laughs> that the Thunder have had this season. And I... I, I I'll just go ahead and say I threw out the 0-4 start. Um, I think other candidates for worst loss of the year would be Washington at home because at the time Washington was terrible. Um, Atlanta on the road because the Thunder just did not care. They didn't really want to play basketball that night, and the Hawks did, and it really showed. Um, Maybe maybe one of these games after the All-Star break, whether it be the Minnesota loss, the San Antonio loss. Uh, But overall, like, just... Just a bad, bad loss because now the Thunder dropped to fifth in the West. It was a game that they controlled, and uh, like, like I told you before we got on, I'm seeing a whole bunch of stuff on Twitter saying, uh, wow, the, the Pacers just outplayed the Thunder. And I guess in the respect that the, the Pacers won the game, yeah, I guess they outplayed them. But really, it was just the Thunder cannot stop fouling. The Pacers just stood there. And the Thunder were like, here, go to the line. And it allowed the Pacers back into the game, uh, into a game that they had no business winning. And the Thunder, I'm sorry, they, they choked it. Yeah, it was a bad choke, definitely, just because, I mean, when you get out to a 19-point lead at one point and you are just playing fantastic basketball, uh, I mean, that's exactly what the Thunder were doing. They were playing pretty fantastic basketball there in the first half. And it looked uh, very night and day from last night's game just because, uh, last night did not look good at all for them, and they were on their home court. So it was just, it didn't look good. But tonight, it looked like they had completely taken over Indianapolis. Uh, they looked like they were very ready for this game, very focused for it, had no thoughts about last night. I mean, they were able to walk away with the win last night, but still, you know, just they left everything behind. They were very focused. Everything looked to be clicking a lot better than it had. I mean, obviously, guys like Russell Westbrook, Paul George went back to whatever they call him, PG, MVP, all that good stuff. Uh, everything just looked really good. Even Steven Adams looked really good. And then halftime happened, and uh, they came back out. And like Brady said, they could not stop fouling. That third quarter was just absolutely atrocious. They gave a team life. And that's something we've mentioned on podcasts, oh, my gosh, just all throughout the season, is that the Thunder have to stop giving life to teams who don't need to have life. You know, it's like, they kind of sucked it all out of Indianapolis or Indiana, and they just gave it right back to them after halftime. And that's just that's not okay. Like, don't do that. That's not even necessary. Just put a team away right away, like they kind of did. They only allowed them twenty two points in the first quarter. Just put them away, and then keep that momentum, keep that pace, uh, make everything just go the way you need it to go. And then they're going to be able to walk away with this win. But they couldn't do it. And, I mean, like we just said, they allowed way too many fouls. They allowed way too many trips to the free throw line for the Pacers. And they just gave them the confidence they needed to finish out this game. And, my God, that it was just 
it was a choke. It was an absolute choke. Yeah, um, just it, it was <laughs> it was funny. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, I'm, I'm sitting watching the game in the second half, and um, I, I always had the thought, like, yeah, like we know how this team is. Uh, the Thunder. Um, it's, it seems like they can just never really keep the foot on the gas if they have a 10-plus point lead. Um, the opposing the opponent will always have a chance to come back just because this team is a little rough around the edges in terms of, um, like, it's just not a fine-tuned team. It's a really good team, the Thunder are. But mm-hmm. their inability to defend without fouling is, it's it's really, it's led to them losing three games in the like since the All-Star break, this one being one of them. And it really should have led to them losing probably four in that game against Portland when they pa- fouled about 50 times and Portland had about 50 free throws. I mean, tonight the Thunder um, fouled 28 times. They sent the Pacers to the line 32 times. Um, I didn't have my uh, box scores open during the game because if everybody can tell, I'm <laughs> I'm kind of sick and I missed the first Sorry. quarter. Sorry. It's okay, Madison. These things happen. <laughs> My bad. Uh, I missed the first half of the first quarter. I watched like the end of the first quarter and then the entire second quarter, and I was like, "Wow, the, this this Thunder team looks it looks like that that team that we were wanting to see, like with Paul George coming back to his kind of post All Star scoring self, and then Russell Westbrook playing like he has been playing since the All Star break. It looked like they had finally kind of put that put that um, together." along with some really stifling defense and some timely shots from guys like Abdul Nader, Terrence Ferguson, Markeith Morris. Um, when guys when guys like that are hitting shots, Russell's playing like that, Paul's playing like that, and the defense was like it was in the first half, this is one of the best teams in the league. Um, but again, 28 fouls in the game. I'm curious how many of those fouls came in the third quarter because it seemed like uh, Bojan Bogdanovic went to the line about 10 times. He had 11 free throws in the game. Um Demontis Sabonis, <clears throat> we gotta talk. We gotta talk about this cat. Twelve of thirteen from the foul line, seven of twelve from the floor, twenty six points, seven rebounds, four assists. Just spectacular game from him. But you know, Madison, it's you know, like the NBA, it's narrative driven. So of course, everybody is going to jump on. Uh, like, wow, Demontis Sabonis comes back and like stings the Thunder, it, even though there, there's really no sting necessary. It was a fair trade. <laughs> but really, I think it just it just really takes away from the the true reason why the Thunder lost this game. Demonis Sabonis could have had this same type of game. He could have, he could have been twelve of thirteen from the foul line. He could have been seven twelve from the from the floor. He could have had all the spin moves and nice finishes under the rim in the paint. But if the Thunder just did not foul, like they just it, it's. I mean, Terrence Ferguson, what four fouls once again, or five fouls. Um, in the game, four fouls for Jeremy Grant, four fouls for Dennis Schroeder, just too many stupid, careless fouls that got called, and I'm kind of surprised. I haven't seen a whole lot of, like, Scott Foster screwed us from Thunder fans on Twitter. Um, I've seen a few things already, and I will say this. um, The technical on Steven Adams was weak, especially when that gets called for a technical, and then when Wesley Matthews traveled late in the fourth quarter and basically screamed at the other side official and screamed and screamed <laughs> at him and he doesn't get a technical. That's a little inconsistent, but of course that was a different official. So officials, you know, different officials called things differently. And uh, that final possession, Paul George got absolutely fouled. Like that, that, uh, mo- that 
screen where Miles Turner kind of pushed out his leg. That They always call that. It was so clear. It wasn't in traffic. It was right in front of um, Scott Foster. So um, I'm going to be interested to see the L2M. But it doesn't matter because, again, the true reason, the true story of this game is the Thunder's inability to defend without fouling. And if they find themselves in a playoff game or in a late regular season game with an officiating crew that is willing to call these fouls, the Thunder are not going to they're, they're not going to find much success because they just they they have not shown this far in the year that they can do it. No, right, and especially if you have a team like the Pacers who shot twenty seven of thirty two from the foul line, obviously they're extremely efficient when you do send them to the charity strike. So don't send them. You know, I think it was a lot of collapsing defense in the second half of this game, and it's just all about consistency. You're going to have to stay consistent if you want to uh, win games. They're going to get harder and harder. And so right now this team is not staying very consistent because they're either starting off a game very weak and then coming back and making up for it, or they're starting off extremely strong, giving Thunder fans a lot of hope and giving themselves a lot of hope, and then they're letting everyone down, including themselves, because they can't uh, stop fouling, they can't be strong on defense. They, I mean, yes, they're safe. they actually did stay pretty strong on offense tonight, which is not even really a topic of conversation right now, other than the fact that it was a lot better than it has been. Um it was just a lot of collapsing defense and just being very careless. So, I mean, that's kind of something that I've noticed Billy Donovan talks about a lot anytime he's asked about it is uh, they're going to have to work on their fouling. They're going to have to learn, you know, you can't make silly mistakes like that. I think there was a foul on Steven at one point, and he literally was just walking, and he kind of walked right into Collison, and Collison just fell over backwards. And, yeah, I mean – it, it, it was kind of, I thought that was one of the weaker fouls of the game because he looked like he just fell right over. And then of course, Steven was called for something, but you know, you're just, you're going to have to be aware of that stuff and you're going to have to not let your emotions overtake you. And I mean, it's just, it's just going to have to come down to consistency with the, uh, with these guys, uh, meaning the thunder. So, I mean, just a lot has to change. And, um, I don't know. I mean, really, I wish I had more to say about their offense. It was pretty spectacular tonight, just in a sense that uh, it really led them to that 19-point lead in the first half. But, I mean, obviously, if you're going to let the Pacers get hot, they're going to come back. And, I mean, like Brady said, that cat, DeMontis Sabonis, he's no joke. And I really do think that Indiana – or I always want to say Indianapolis, but, I mean, that is where they are. I do (laughs) think that the Indianapolis – oh, my gosh. The Indiana organization has made him a lot better. And oh. so he's just become this dynamic player who was able to lead them tonight. Oh, yeah. I mean, Sabonis, you know, him and Oladipo, they get kind of thrown into this whole, like, they had a wasted year in Oklahoma City. The the entire year, if you weren't Russell Westbrook and you played for the Thunder, was a wasted year in 2016-17 just because of so <laughs> many circumstances that had nothing to do with what Sam Presti was able to do. Kevin Durant walks. That is a huge... You know, that's going to affect your roster in so many ways, and it's going to affect your roster for years to come. So, you know, Sabonis had to get regulated to just standing in the corner and shooting threes, and that's, you know, he's capable from from the uh, from beyond the arc, you know, for a guy his size. But as, as you can tell watching this game, and if you've paid attention to him since he's been with Indiana, uh, the guy is just incredibly talented. Uh, he, he's just... I mean, his his ceiling is that of a Pau Gasol. He's the same type of player with a little bit more muscle, I think. Uh, but it's 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 been really nice to see him be able to develop. Indiana's certainly been able to bring the best out of Sabonis, um, due to, just due to the fact that their roster is more 
I guess, uh, built in such a way that they can allow that to happen. Whereas the Thunder were just like, okay, we don't really know what to do. Russell, go do your triple-double thing. And that was it. So um, I guess some minor things about the Thunder themselves tonight, um, or I guess even the Pacers that affected the Thunder. I thought Corey Joseph's uh, energy. I mean, Corey Joseph, he, he didn't really do anything in the box where he had three points, three rebounds, one for five, one for three from the um, three-point line, which I guess that was the uh, half-court shot uh, to end the third quarter, which really got things kind of going in that arena. Um, I, I just thought his energy just did a lot to wreak havoc on the Thunder and make them feel uncomfortable because up until, like, even in that third quarter when the Thunder were fouling and fouling and fouling, you know, like, they would... They would foul, they'd send the Pacers to the, to the charity stripe, they'd hit their buckets, and then the Thunder would just go down the floor and get an easy bucket. And that was kind of the theme of the entire night. But as soon as they got uncomfortable, they would rush their offense. Dennis Schroeder would, I think, airball the 15-foot jumper midway through the third quarter. And from then on, it was just a, just a comedy of errors on offense where the Thunder just looked absolutely uncomfortable. I thought Corey Joseph had a lot to do with that with just him being a bowling ball and running through ha- passing lanes, even on def- even on offense when he is just trying to um, get the ball back off of an offensive rebound. I thought Joseph had a lot to say about the Thunder's offense just kind of going st- stagnant. And then also, this was probably the first bad Nerlens Noel game in, in the, that I can remember. Like, he, he was just no match for Sabonis to the point where Adams had to play a little bit more than probably Billy Donovan wanted to play him on the second night of a back-to-back. Uh, Noel didn't hit a shot, had four rebounds, one assist, uh, just didn't really look comfortable on yeah. both, both ends of the floor. I thought it was just a bad game for Nerlens Noel. I think the only shot that I saw Nerlens Noel, which was, uh, yeah, he was 0-1, right? Yeah, so 0-1, yeah. so... Uh, the only shot that I saw him take was that it was probably one of the most confident strides I'd seen of Nerlens Noel, which is ironic considering this was such a bad game for him. But it was a very confident stride where he <laughs> he started kind of up there by the top of the arc and he just charged forward and kind of went forward for a one-handed slam. And uh, that back rim really just got the best of him, so it didn't go in. But um, it just, yeah, I mean, Nerlens, I think he definitely got owned by Sabonis tonight just because... Uh, things weren't working for him. He wasn't able to really be utilized as much. I think he only played, like, what, 14 minutes tonight. So he just, I, I don't know, he just didn't look as strong as he has in the past. And I think, I mean, Stephen Adams really did have a breakthrough tonight. I think he, like, finished with 13 points at the end of the first quarter, which is just monumental for him right now, especially the way he has been playing. But, uh, yeah, for Nerlens tonight, things just really didn't look on he did look very uncomfortable out there he didn't uh look like his usual strong self who just has great court vision who really uh, is good at protecting underneath the rim and that kind of became a, a big problem because the fact that the thunder were not able to get any kind of defensive rebound there at the end i mean that's really what allowed wesley, uh, wesley matthews to have that final shot that really solidified the game for the pacers so i mean if if these guys are not going to be able to grab uh, grab any kind of loose ball if they're not going to be able to rebound the way that they need to rebound there at the end. I mean, that was just kind of the story of tonight's game. Uh, if you're not going to be able to grab, grab any kind of significant boards, then the other team is going to take advantage of it. And so, I mean, yeah, horrible game for Nerlens. Um, Steven Adams definitely had to step up into the position that he usually does step up into. But, I mean, Nerlens has been such a good relief for him this season. Yeah. Uh, it was mainly just a 
just, you know, the Thunder needs Steven Adams in this position, and uh, Nerlens is just going to have to, he's going to have to get better and do something and figure something else out for uh, Saturday. Yeah, I guess I should say uh, one of the bright spots in this. I mean, there were a, a lot of bright spots because, I mean, a game is 48 minutes, and um, just because the Thunder choked in the, in the midpoint from the third quarter on doesn't take away from the fact that Paul George looked like old Paul George, like we said in the beginning of the show, a 6-for-11 from the three-point line. That's old Paul George uh, pre-All-Star break. 36 points. Um, I've been harping on him for the last two weeks. I feel like Steven Adams had his second good game in a row, even though the first half against Brooklyn last night was terrible for Steven. Uh, he really got the third quarter started and got the ball rolling for the Thunder and helped them come back and ultimately win that game. So 8-for-14, uh, eight, 8 rebounds, uh, 17 points. He just he, he looked much more athletic, especially when Russell and Paul were hitting him on uh, those penetration dump-off passes that it seemed like the last few weeks Steven has been just dropping about three or four of those passes a game leading to turnovers. Um, he caught those today, and it really showed because he was able to finish in traffic a few times. So he, it looks like he's probably getting back to his normal self. Whatever he was dealing with, it looks like that hopefully for the Thunder is in the rearview mirror. Um, Russell Westbrook again, 8 of 18, 1 of 5 from the three-point line. So I guess his first bad three-point shooting performance since the All-Star break. Um yeah, but he had a triple double. Um, he had <laughs> he a good did. he had a good look at the end of the game. Just short rimmed it. Um, yeah, it, it's just it's just the fouls and like I'll go ahead and read this out. Our fellow Thunder insider from one hundred seven point seven, the franchise, uh, Matt Ravis, uh, tweeted out a screenshot of uh, team rankings from uh, for personal fouls, and the Thunder are have committed the fourth most personal fouls in the league at. 22.8 fouls per game. Uh, the last three, they've committed 25 fouls a game. And, you know, that's that's the thing that Billy Donovan keeps harping on. Um, you could see it in the telecast. Um, once Terrence Ferguson picked up his fourth and fifth foul, the, the, the camera just kind of went right over to Billy Donovan. It was almost kind of a can't-play-cancer moment because you could just <laughs> certainly tell how frustrated Billy Donovan is because as good as Terrence Ferguson... Ferguson has been this year and as many strides as he's taken in this second year that's his Achilles heel and it seems like if if Ferguson is going to foul a lot the Thunder are going to kind of follow suit because Ferguson is their perimeter defense he usually goes up against the opponent's best player or at least their best shooter because they do also have Paul George but at the same time Paul George has so much responsibility on offense you don't really want Paul George to be your de facto shutdown defender even though he has the capability to do so. If Ferguson is, isn't is going to A, hit shots, which tonight he was he actually hit some timely shots. He was two or three from the three-point line, only had six points. Um, but if he's going to if he's just going to continuously foul, that that's where you miss a guy like Andre Robertson. That's where this team misses Andre Robertson because Andre knows how to defend without fouling. Um, and it's it's just kind of a shame because like like I said at the beginning of the show, this is the worst loss of the year because, um, you know, the Thunder dropped to fifth in the West. Um, if the playoffs started now, they would not have home court advantage despite how good this team has looked at times this year. Um, and a lot of that has to go with the fouling, and Terrence Ferguson is the main culprit in the fouls. It's not all his <laughs> fault, but he is the main culprit here. He is routinely um, nearly fouled out of games or had four or five fouls in the second half to the point where he can't play 
and stop a potential, you know, comeback or a run from the Thunder's opponent, even if the Thunder are in control. So it's just something that the Thunder need to improve on. And if they don't improve on it, um, I mean, I know a lot of people like to say that in the postseason, the officials uh, swallow their whistles a little bit more, and that's true to an extent. But if you're just gonna going to just hack people and be careless on defense, you're going to get called no matter if it's in the regular season or the postseason. Yeah, and I mean, I just I don't want this team to think that they can just rely uh, so heavily on officials making the right calls because that's just not going to happen all the time. And I, I know that both you and I have noticed this a lot. Uh, guys like Dennis Schroeder and Russell Westbrook just barking for fouls at all times. So, you know, I just I really don't want this team to get too reliant on that because it's you never know what an official is going to do. And I'm never the type of person that's going to sit here and say that a game is definitely determined by what the official feels and what they're going to do at that moment. Uh, but I mean, it's definitely a determining factor. Anyone with eyes can see that. So, I mean, you're just going to have to play smart basketball. They're going to have to be real smart. They're going to have a huge matchup coming back home on Saturday with the Golden State Warriors coming. So, I mean, it just, it kind of sucks for Thunder fans right now and for this organization because, I mean, taking home this win right now, uh, that would have been huge for them going into Saturday. But I really, I, I don't think that this kind of loss would affect them and the way that they're going to perform with Golden State coming. But you never know. I mean, you really never know with this team. You really never know with any team. Uh, just putting that out there because that's just kind of how the game works. But, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm very curious to see how Saturday's going to go just after this loss because, I mean, being up by 19 at one point and just completely choking and allowing the Pacers to come back and win by two, it's just kind of a slap in the face, honestly. So, I mean, this I, this team's really going to have to figure something out. They're going to have to be very, very efficient on defense and be very careful about what they're do, or what they're doing. Not even necessarily be careful about what they're doing, but just be smart. So it's just it's really just going to come down to how they approach the game on Saturday. Moving on after Saturday, also, but right now they're going to have to focus on it because that's a huge matchup and it's going to mean a lot. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't want to keep harping on this team for just one loss, but. Um, <laughs> it, it's just bad. It was a yeah. team. Um, cause I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It was just, it was just, it's just bad. <laughs> I'm trying, it was bad. I'm trying to see like outside of, you know, the obvious Russell had a good game. Paul had a good game. Um, I really liked what I saw out of Markeith Morris and Abdul Nader. Uh, yeah. Nader, Nader, you know, we kind of talked about him. I think somebody asked a question last night on the podcast, and he really showcased what you and I were talking about, Madison, just his athleticism and his ability to hit big, big shots. I mean, he hit some right. big shots to help the Thunder um, because even though they were leading by what? Their largest lead was 19. It mm -hmm. seemed like in, in that second quarter, the Pacers would routinely get it down to 10 or 11 after the Thunder would lead by 14 or 15. And it looked like, okay, well, if you, you've got to finish off this, this first half in a good way, in a positive way. Otherwise, the second half could be ugly. Even though it ended up doing that, it did that because the Thunder couldn't foul, not because they couldn't uh, stop the Pacers from scoring on defense. They just could not stop fouling. But Nader would just routinely hit big three after big three to quell a pace, a potential Pacer run. And, you know, that, that's a good thing looking forward. If, you know, one of the few, the last guys on, in your rotation as you get deeper into the regular season, if he's going to hit shots like that, get to the foul line, uh, finish at the rim like he was able to tonight. That's a good thing. So, yay. Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Um, Heck yes. Yeah, Markeith Morris, which I thought he was out going into the game. I thought I saw a report that he was going to be out tonight. Played uh, three for six, two of four from the three-point line. Um, he was kind of the one of the other main culprits along with Terrence Ferguson in the foul department. He only finished with two. But uh, once it became well-known that Sabonis could not be checked by Nerlens Noel, they put Markeith Morris on him. Back-to-back possessions, Markeith Morris fouls him and sends him to the line for four, for four points. So, yeah, it just a bad loss. But I guess I just tweeted it out. The um, Let's see. The Thunder they have. I can't math right now. Let's see. They've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen more games. They only have one more back-to-back, and it's their final two games of the regular season, Houston and Oklahoma City, and then they're on the road the following night in Milwaukee. So um, that could uh, that could be potentially cool for the Thunder because uh, now, of course, the Thunder and the Rockets are probably going to be, still be fighting for um, seeding and standings at that point. But you got to imagine that Milwaukee might just, you know, it's the last game of, of the regular season. We've already won 65 plus games. Let's just go ahead and uh, let's just go ahead and like shut it down. So you know, <laughs> it, you know, in the scale of back-to-backs, that's you know probably your more favorable ones. And then of course the Thunder have a lot of home games in the in these final in this final stretch. So mm-hmm. they still have they still have room for improvement, of course, and they still have somewhat of a favorable schedule to make up the ground that they lost in these last few weeks. But um, they're still trying to put it together. Obviously, you know, they'd have, they would play through several problems one week and then they would correct them the, the, the following week and new problems would, ar- would arise. And the new problem this week is just, they cannot stop fouling. So um, with that, Madison, shall we get into questions? Oh, we shall. Okay. Let us see. Let me find, let me find, let me find. Where are you? Boom, boom, boom. All right. Let's see here. The legend at Sooner DM, my good friend David, asks, who we, as in the Thunder, play in the first round? Um, As of right now, (laughs) the Thunder would play Portland, and they would would not have home court advantage. Um, I don't know. I need to look at Houston's schedule real quick. Let me look at Houston's schedule, Madison. Uh, So this is great podcasting. Uh, Yeah, no, go for it. I think that would be a super interesting matchup right there. Um, (laughs) I think Brady and I would never sleep another day in our life if that happened. (laughs) Thanks, Portland, for being so freaking far away on the West Coast. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that would be a really good matchup. Uh, There's really no telling how it would go, just depending on how they showed up to that kind of matchup. But, I mean... Yeah, if that's where they're gonna sit, then I mean it'd be kind of interesting to watch. There are a lot of there are a couple of different matchups I'd rather not see, so or at least not in the first round. You know, you can't avoid them all. Yeah, um, the Rockets' schedule is it, it's kind of up in the air if it's favorable or not because they have seven they've had they have seven road games, seven home games left, but they still they have to play like Phoenix, Atlanta, Memphis, New Orleans. Uh, Phoenix again, like they have, they have a favorable schedule, but they also have Denver, Sacramento twice, Minnesota, who's kind of pesky, uh, San Antonio, who always gives Houston trouble. Um, yeah, like Houston has a really favorable schedule, so it'd be hard. You'd be hard pressed to try to predict um, the Thunder clawing back and taking the three seed. But if the Thunder beat the Rockets 
in a few weeks they'll have the tiebreaker over them so the rockets will have to win at least one more game more um than the thunder to get uh home court advantage or not home court advantage just the higher seed so there's still a lot to play for if you're the thunder but just a bad loss tonight and it's going hopefully it won't lead to a monumental collapse but we'll see um ben, no- see. ben noble asks what do you think of the thunder's clock management late in games felt like the time to call the stop the bleeding timeout was at 99.96 instead of 99.98 seems that donovan lets the runs go a, a long a little bit longer than necessary before adjusting has happened before thoughts feel better thank you ben appreciate it um uh, i mean this is always it's kind of like a a, a usual I don't know. It's a usual complaint of Billy Donovan that he doesn't seem to call uh, cute Greg Popovich timeouts like 20 seconds into a game because the first possession or two are ugly. That's just not the way Billy likes to coach. And you can, I guess, it's it's up to you as the fan to either like it or dislike it. I, I personally don't really have a problem with it because this isn't college basketball where you can kind of lord yourself into a game as a head coach. This is the NBA where the players kind of dictate every single thing. And with the player personnel that Billy Donovan has, um, his roster is probably better suited to play through their problems and not have Billy Donovan try to explain like, okay, calm down, do this, do that. Now, if Billy was working with a roster like Indiana, where their best player is out for the year, they've got a slew of young developing talent to go along with some kind of savvy veterans that have been role players their entire careers that you'd probably see a little bit more of Billy Donovan putting himself into a game. But um, that's just always been my opinion on like, oh, why isn't he calling timeout? They just went on a six Oh run. So, I mean, that's just, that's just my call. No, I mean, I, I like what you said about that. I agree that I think Billy kind of uh, lets it play out a little bit more before he takes any kind of panic timeouts. But um, I kind of agree with that just because, you know, you don't want to just completely stop the momentum of the game. You kind of have to trust your players out there to do uh, whatever they are capable of doing to kind of keep things going or to extend uh, their lead at that moment to kind of put a stop to the offensive pressure that the other team is putting on you right now. Um I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe it would have been helpful um, if Billy Donovan did call a timeout earlier tonight. I guess we'll never know that. Uh, this game is over, thinks, uh, or it's just time to move on from that. I mean, that's a great question by Ben. Um, I don't know. I just, it's just, there may be uh, a couple of adjustments that need to be made. I mean, Billy said time and time again uh, when he talks to us post game or if he talks to us during practice or shoot arounds that there's always room for improvement there's always things that he's going to have to get better about doing but there's also things that the guys are going to have to get better about doing so I think right now he's just kind of trusting his players to take matters into their hands and then when you know time gets worse obviously he's going to call that time out and really regroup the guys but I don't know I didn't really disagree uh with him waiting until the 99 98 to call the time out I mean that's just kind of how the cookie crumbled so I guess that's all I have to say about that yeah <laughs> um good friend Rob uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if I should mention what happened in Vegas because, uh, that, that should just stay in Vegas. <laughs> I, I got, I got drunk and got lost and Rob had to come find me. So, uh, thank, thank God oh, for no. people like Rob. Um, <laughs> he, uh, he asked, what's the Thunder's ideal playoff rotation? Assuming it goes down to the typical eight man rotation. Um, I think it's 
pretty similar to what you see tonight with the starters, Schroeder, Noel, Morris, and then it really just depends on uh, the opponent's personnel, whether whether it be uh, Nader, Deontay Burton, or even Raymond Felton. Um, and they, they've got guys like that you can plug in in certain situations like Patrick Patterson if teams go big. Um, and if Billy Dahman just thinks, I need some energy here, I mean, I don't really foresee him doing this in the postseason, but he does have the ability that, okay, I don't really like what I'm seeing right now. There's The, the team has no energy and they're flat. Uh, Hamadou, go out there and try and go get a steal and a dunk and wake the, wake the team up. So um, <laughs> the Thunder have the ability to go pretty deep. Um, they've got a bunch of guys that you can depend on them to do something. Not all the time good things, but they can at least give you uh, something that helps the Thunder's identity with their athleticism. Everybody pretty much outside of Felton and Patrick Patterson, that is. But, uh, yeah, I think their Thunder's rotation is pretty similar to what you see tonight, and then it just really depends on the opponent, whether it be Abdul Nader or Deontay Burton. I would probably lean heavily towards Abdul Nader at this point. I would, too. I mean, I really – I kind of like this rotation that Billy Donovan has going right now. I mean, uh, I definitely wouldn't want to see any change to the starting lineup just because I think that's that's a pretty efficient thing they have. Um, I really like the insertion – Is uh, I don't even know if that's the right word – um, of Dennis Schroeder. When well, this is ep- this is episode sixty nine, Madison. <laughs> I've already said a couple of questionable things on this podcast that I kind of had to laugh about, but um, <laughs> but I like when Dennis Schroeder comes in right now. I like uh, Nerlens Noel being a powerful forward center type of person that's able to come in and relieve Stephen Adams when that's needed. Um, so you know, I like where things are right now. Uh, I, I really agree with what Brady said. It's just going to kind of depend on what the other team is bringing to the floor that night, uh, depending on who they're playing. Um, because I asked Billy Donovan one time in pregame, you know, what did he see in a difference between Dennis Schroeder and Marquise Morris when he is picking guys uh, to fill Paul George's starting spot or if Terrence Ferguson goes out, just kind of something like that. And he said it really just comes down to what the other team is bringing to the floor right now, just kind of the matchups that are being uh, kind of being seen. So, I mean, it's really just going to depend on who they play. But I think right now they have a, a, a good rhythm going, a good dynamic going with rotations and who gets what. And so, I mean, I think Billy Donovan, it would shock me if he changed that up just a little bit in the postseason because he's been known to do some, uh, some stuff like that. But, I mean, I don't know. I like what they have going right now. I think it's working, even if it results in losses like tonight. But it's working. Yeah, I think if the Thunder draw Houston or Portland, you could probably see a little bit more Deontay Burton just because those teams are so guard heavy. So that, right. that's what it, that's what Billy said last night in the post game about playing Deontay Burton was because Brooklyn just went so guard heavy. So that that kind of makes sense. But um, uh, next question, I think we've already kind of talked about from at Nardi Nard. Sorry if that's how you say it or whatever. Um, why can't OKC stop fouling? That's a really good question. Um, that's a great question. I'm sure Billy Donovan is asking himself that right now. Um, if the Thunder did not foul as much, they would have won this game handily. Um, but, you know, even still, um, the Thunder could have fouled. They could have fouled as much as they did in the third quarter. But if Nerlens Noel has an average game, and this is how how much I think of Nerlens Noel. If New Orleans Noah has an average game, I think the Thunder probably win t- a tight one at the end. Um, but having said that, a lot of New Orleans Noel's bad game had to do with the fact that Sabonis just completely outplayed him. So, um, yeah, 
basically this team just needs to stop fouling and particularly guys like Terrence Ferguson because the Thunder need him on the floor. If he's not on the floor, then the Thunder are not as good as they could be. No, I can, I mean, I completely agree. So, I mean, I, I, I just think it's going to come down to it and kind of what, whatever's going on that night and whatever the matchup is. So, I mean, you I don't know. Fouling <laughs> is bad. Fouling is bad. Stop doing it. It's against the... Uh, sorry. It's, I was actually kind of paying attention to something else uh, on my computer while we were talking about that. But I will say, yes, fouling is bad. Fouling needs to stop. Uh, Terrence Ferguson hasn't acknowledged it a lot. A lot of those other players have acknowledged it. They definitely put that on themselves. Uh, they're just going to have to figure something out because fouling is bad and fouling loses games. It is against Prime the example, rules. tonight. <laughs> Um, George Lynch, um, Lynch at G Lynch 77 says, cut everyone that can't shoot 85% from the free throw line. Agree, disagree. Uh, the Thunder would have four players on their roster and one of them wouldn't be Russell Westbrook. <laughs> at least if you're talking about this season, because I think Russell is st- shooting like in the sixties. Uh, yeah, they need fit. They need at least five guys to play basketball. So, uh, sadly <laughs> you can't get away with that, but yes, the Thunder do have a free throw problem, but they shot what 16 of 20 tonight. They didn't lose this game from the foul line. I mean, you're going no, to miss free not. throws. And yes, if Paul would have hit one or two more, then the Thunder would have been, they obviously would have gone into overtime. But, right. oh well, these things happen. Oh um, well. Let's see, Chase at Rooster Wi-Fi asks, seems like, or just says, seems like PG was getting a lot of no whistles there in the fourth. Yeah, I think we uh, we talked about that final defensive possession where he just got hit twice and especially on that final screen by uh miles turner i thought i'm fairly certain that the nba on that l2m tomorrow it's going to say that he should have been called for a foul but you know the thunder have won games because fouls weren't called in their favor and they've lost games because fouls were called in the other team's favor the whole point is just you have to keep you have to keep adapting you have to keep fighting through it and the thunder just um, they they shot themselves in the foot too much tonight, so it just at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. Absolutely, uh, yeah. I <laughs> I think that's a funny question. Just cut everybody who doesn't shoot. Uh, yeah, no, can't do that. That's not realistic. Um, it's a good thought though. It's a good thought. Uh, but you, yeah, you can't do that. It, you wouldn't really have a team. I don't think that the Thunder would be able to have much of a team. Even though it is kind of funny because. Not really funny, but it's more ironic that this team struggled so mightily from the free throw line. Uh, oh gosh, that last it was this season, but like last year, you know, <laughs> back in 2018. But it just it looks so much different now. I think things are good, but I agree with Brady. I mean, that's not what lost them this game tonight. So yeah, they're gonna have to work on stuff like that. But they have a whole heap of other things that they need to work on too, and so does every other team. So it's just that's just how it is right now. Boom. Um, let's see, are these, okay, <laughs> um, let's see, it's too long, so, at GV underscore, oh man, N-A-S-C-I-M-E-N-T-O, so sorry, I'm, I'm kind of half asleep right now, if you guys can't tell, um, says, why did you have to wake up from your sleep, the thunder rolling without you, BT, <laughs> I know I tweeted out, like, I, I kind of tweeted it out, weirdly and kind of lazily i said that i missed the whole first half but like i said during the pod i actually woke up midway through the first quarter um i forgot that the game started at six 
And Madison, I, I think uh, my phone was like right by my face and <laughs> your uh, tweet, one of your like in-game tweets like woke me up and I was like, oh God, the game's on. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I can, hey, you're I, I am bad luck, um, especially when I follow the team on the road. I am, I'll admit my bad luck there, but uh, the Thunder did not lose because I turned the game on tonight because they played really well. They played really well um, in a lot of the parts that I got to see, so. Yeah. Maybe someone else woke up. It was someone else's fault. <laughs> um, okay, I think we have one more. Oh, this comes from Tony East uh, at T East NBA. Um, does a fantastic job covering the uh, Pacers. Uh, been on his podcast a few times last year, I think. Um, is Wesley Matthews the best or second best player ever? Wesley Matthews is very excited that he won this game. Uh, yes. Yeah, he's he's he was very excited. Um, <laughs> but this isn't really an indictment on, on Wes Matthews. This is an indictment on pl- like buyout guys, because it seems like they always had the same. So, uh, so what made you want to choose like playing here, you know, not just Indiana, but just I- anywhere a buyout guy goes. I mean, Markeith Morris is kind of the same thing. Um, they always had the same thing to say, like, um, well, you know, so-and-so, um, other teams like recruited me, but, I just, I really like, I just really like the vibe here, dude. Indiana guarantees you the, the the biggest role plus the biggest amount of money, like just the the combined the combinedness. Marquise Morris is the same thing. Oklahoma City com- gave him the best shot to a make the playoffs because I guess it was down between the Thunder and the Lakers. Just say I don't want to just sit at home in April. I want to play in the playoffs, so that's why I didn't choose L.A. The Thunder are a better team. Um, so uh, yeah. Good, good on Wes Matthews. He got a win tonight. Um, um, I've thought he's, I thought he's been kind of washed the last few years, but he certainly looked energetic and athletic tonight. He kind of looked like a little bit like Portland Wes Matthews, so that was a good sight to see. But ironically, he got that putback rebound over Russell Westbrook, a guy who can just rebound like he's a power forward. But I guess Russell just uh, didn't foresee Wes Matthews crashing the board from the wing like that. Well, I think also uh, Wes Matthews needed that because he, I forgot what quarter it was, but he had that just, I think it was the second quarter, he had just that awful shot. Uh, It was a three-point attempt, and it was the shortest shot ever, and it was completely uncontested. And uh, there were so many Twitter memes and just videos going around saying congratulations to Wesley Matthews for officially pulling off the worst shot in NBA history so uh, good for him, able to get that game winner to really make up for it because it was it was pretty bad. It was bad, just like this game was bad for the Thunder. But they will have a huge chance on the national stage to, um, I guess, take the memories of this game away because everybody's favorite opponent, Golden State, is coming to town on Saturday. Madison, you Woo-hoo! and I, you and I will be. In the arena, of course, like always, we also will be um, doing our basketball show on 107.7 The Franchise from uh, lo- on location somewhere. I can't remember where, where it is, Madison. Um, it is at, oh goodness. It's at an indoor that's, soccer facility, right? Yes, it is the indoor soccer arenas. Nice. And yes, we will yes. be doing that from what, noon to two o'clock? Yes, we are on from noon until two. Which is great because then we get to sleep in a little bit more on Saturday. Yay! So yeah, um, if you want to listen to uh, John Hamm, Jerry Ramsey, Madison, and myself talk more Thunder basketball, preview Which the... You, we know you do. Yeah, yeah, because you're listening to this, so why not? 
um, preview the Warriors <laughs> game, talk about uh, some other NBA topics. Um, yeah, just tune in to 107.7 The Franchise, 107.9 in Tulsa. Download the Franchise app if you haven't already. If you're out of the market and you want to listen, yeah, we will be on from noon to 2 on Saturday. But, uh, yeah, Madison, this will, I guess, any final thoughts from tonight's game, tonight's choke job, whatever you want to call it. Oh, gosh, I, I don't have any, like, super negative final thoughts, but I don't have any, like, super high praises to sing either. Uh, I mean, great first half by the Thunder. Definitely keep that up, but make it more consistent, and they're going to win some games. Um, good comeback by the Pacers. Good Lord. That was very impressive. So, I mean, it was just – it was a very fun game to watch, <laughs> especially for – I mean, it probably wasn't super fun for Thunder fans in the second half, but if you're just wanting to watch a very teeter-tottery basketball game, this was a good game to watch just because the Thunder were on fire in the first half, and then the Pacers gave a run for their money in the second <coughs> So, I mean, just wanting to watch a good basketball game, this is exactly what you got. Yeah, I mean, two very similar franchises and how they conduct themselves and how they've been able to rebound from superstars leaving their franchise. Of course, the Thunder got a little bit of a worse shake, you know, out of those two equations with Kevin Durant just walking and Paul George um, being traded for Victor Lodipo and DeMontis Sabonis. You know, just two franchises that have been able to uh, climb back into the upper echelon of their respective conferences. So um, it, it's definitely, there are two teams that I wish we could see play more often than just twice a year. Um, it's it's one of the main reasons, one of the main reasons why I would prefer there to just take away the conferences when it comes to playoffs and just play the 16 best teams against each other because a Thunder Pacers playoff series would be a lot of fun. That would be so fun. And I actually have never even thought about that. That is a really good idea. Yeah. That would be so fun to watch. Um, oh, and one more thing before we get out of here, uh, Madison, I, I figured I'd share this with you on the pod. <clears throat> so obviously I've been dealing with this head cold thing since, uh, we walked out of the arena last night. I did not sleep well last night. I woke up about five o'clock in the morning, wide awake. Oh no. Well, one of the main reasons why I didn't sleep well was because I had the worst nightmare that I've ever had and you were in it. <laughs> Oh, do tell. Yeah, I guess we were like roommates or something, and you were a witch, and you were trying to kill me. <laughs> and it was so scary. I, I just remember waking up being so stressed, and like my heart was pounding, and I, I just, like, I thought about you for like a split second when I was waking up, and it made me kind of like, uh, oh God. <laughs> what in the world? That is incredible. Uh, I can go ahead and verify it. That is not true. I would never kill Brady. I do not practice witchcraft, I swear. I was about uh, to say that is hilarious. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was odd. It was odd. I was. <laughs> I didn't go back to sleep for a few hours, but now I'm going to upload this damn thing and then go back to sleep. So. Uh, oh, you and me both. Yes, um, Madison. Thank you so much, everybody. Absolutely. Everybody, thank you so much for listening, and thank you for all your great questions and your great comments. Uh, thank you guys so much. Uh, Matt, like I said, Madison and I will be on the radio from 12 to noon on Saturday, so tune into that for the basketball show. And then we will get you covered for Golden State on Saturday. Um, we will see if Kevin Durant plays. I don't know if the Warriors are playing right now. Uh, Kevin Durant didn't play last night in that win against the Rockets. Um, the Warriors expect him to come back uh, during this four-game stretch. They didn't say when. Um, I'm sure everybody would prefer that he'd come back on Saturday so we can see KD back in Oklahoma City once again. I'd like love to see Kevin Durant play basketball. I love watching him play in person, so hopefully he comes back. Um, oh, I completely agree. Oh, yeah. So looking forward to that. But, everybody, once again, thank you so much for listening. Um, 
for Miss Madison Morris. This is Brady Trantham. Good night, everybody.